Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up with Mark Selby today. It's the anniversary, first anniversary of Canada Nickel. Been a great year for them. They're up 14 times today, have been as high as 19 times. Uh, and we talked to them about some of the decisions they've made along the way, some of the decisions they have not made along the way, and how that's going to impact their decision making going forward. If you want our thoughts and opinions on that rather interesting conversation, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Uh, we can also find detailed company reports and analysis, which are you know, truly fascinating and insightful. We've got commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and uh, companies. Some weekly shows on there, which I think you might find interesting. We've also got training courses to help you with the diligence process. We've got summaries of other interviews that we've done just to save you some time when you know, we know you're all busy. And if you'd like to join a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly, civil environment, free from trolling and abuse, um, you might enjoy that. So go along to cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Mark Selby, how are you, sir? Excellent. Fantastic. Big day today. It is a big day, and that's why we're calling. Happy birthday, Mark. Yes, it's our first one candle, you know, birthday of Canada Nickel since we started trading publicly uh, just over a year ago. So. Well, I, I wouldn't normally call companies when they've had an anniversary, um, but I think this is the exception uh, to the rule because you've had quite a year of it, starting at 25 cents. I think you have been a size four bucks. You're at about three bucks fifty. I think your shareholders yeah. are quite pleased. Yes. No. Yeah. No. No. People who got in at uh, the 25 cent round, including uh, most of our management team, you know, have been uh, very, very happy with the performance to date. And, and again, like a lot of things. You know, you have a, a great project if you get the timing right. And, you know, the nickel market's been, you know, the winds are blowing with us, you know, quite nicely. You know, and again, we set out a year ago to aggressively advance this project. And, and we've been, you know, been able to, uh, you know, really drive this thing forward. And again, the great projects, you know, are the ones that kind of, you know, every time you step out, you know, you get a generally get a positive surprise. Again, we'll have some disappointments along the way here. But, uh, but so far, we've been pretty lucky in terms of, you know, every major step that we make, you know, has, has really, really panned out. Okay, I agree with you with regards to timing. And I think there's um, a few commodities where the timing is right and they've benefited from that. But you've also got to set the stall out properly. And that's really what I want out of this. I want to help our sure. viewers try and understand the building blocks as a CEO, you must put in place because we, we always talk about business plans and strategies and assets, and you've got to deliver those things in the right order. Sometimes they don't necessarily yeah. happen sequentially, but you, you've got to yeah. mostly be in, in, in the right order. So I was hoping we could have a chat about uh, if you can remember that far back. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So last yeah. year. So, so, yeah. so let, let's start, let's start with that. So if you're happy to have that chat, I know, because sure. I kind of sprung this on you. Um, okay. Is like, obviously you, you listed a year ago, but it started a bit earlier than that. So what was the idea when you started? Yeah. So literally the week after I left RNC, I was approached by three private investors and said, Hey, we may, you know, we've, we've got this really interesting nickel discovery just north of Timmins. Uh, you know, we think you'd be great to help advance it. And again, to be honest, uh, I almost didn't take the meeting because, again, our team kept pretty good track about most nickel activity out there. And it was like, 
you know, and you, you hear a lot of, oh, this is really great. And you go and look at it and it's not really great. But no, we took the meeting, met in a hotel north of of, uh, of Toronto. And yeah, they, they had hired a great geophysicist who realized that, you know, Dumont and these types of deposits, uh, which was my past life project, have a very unique geophysical footprint. Um, we had this guy I didn't know, but we had hired him to do work at our West Raglan project that we had at RNC um, and is very, very well regarded in the industry as a good geophysicist. And so sat down and they, they laid out sort of the results from four holes. And I went, hey, actually, you do have something here. So, you know, it was it was the right size, you know, the, the uh, right sulfur to nickel ratio, which we talked about before. And uh, it looked like it had the potential for a high grade core, which Dumont didn't have. And so, you know, it's like, OK, yeah, let, let's go. Okay. Sometimes it's the the luck of the draw. So one, you, you may not take that phone call. And if you did, you may not yeah. have gone. And as it turns out, yeah, you, you kind of saw, saw enough from four holes to go, well, maybe, which which is doesn't yeah. sound like a whole bunch of holes to me. No, no, particularly in a, in a massive deposit. You know, it, it's, uh, again, it's still exploration. And, and you know, those four holes might have just happened to hit the very best part of the deposit. But again, the the, the thing that, I, from my experience with Dumont, is, is just you know, by the end of 10 years with that project, we really knew just how much information that, that early geophysics gave you. And so that's why, you know, was able to sort of move so confidently into, okay, you know, based on just four holes into a very large target that, you know, this was really, really worthwhile pursuing. So. Right. Okay. So you're just, you're basically leveraging off what you'd learned at Dumont. Um, yeah. Allowed you to make a, a quicker decision than perhaps you, you, you would have otherwise. Um, Okay, so that's great, but this is the bit yep. that fascinates me because yep. you you had to deal with three different entities. There were three different entities trying to come together as one, and yep. I know what it's like trying to get two CEOs trying to agree with each other, let alone three sets of CEOs, let alone an exchange yep. who is notoriously, let, let's call them fastidious. That's a nice, that's a, poli- a, that's a polite that's word, right? Um, yeah. That process must have been painful. Having, having been through it myself, it, I'm, I'm imagining it must have been difficult to uh, come to some sort of agreement. Yeah, because you had two separate public companies. You had Noble Mineral Exploration. You had another one, Spruce Ridge Resources, and then the three private investors who had, who had, inter- who had approached me. You know, and it was a joint venture of a joint venture where they were kind of partway through the process. So they, they hadn't really even completed any specific or partway through some specific milestones. Um, so yeah, no, it was, it took about six weeks after that. Yeah, let's do it. Um, you know, with the deal almost falling apart, you know, sort of two or three times during, during that process, um, to be able to, okay, you know, by early September, kind of getting an outline in place in terms of, okay, we've agreed the broad terms, uh, you know, at this point in time, and and then we're able to, to move, to, uh, to move forward. Again, one of the things that we've tried to do wherever possible, again, what, you know, you know, what you know now. You know, and so you can always think that you're, you're, you know, you know what's coming down the pipe for sure, but you really never do. And so, you know, in September, nickel prices were eighteen thousand dollars a ton. I knew they were going to, you know, I was pretty confident they were going to fall back down. And we talked about that the very first time, you know, we we had we had a call, um, which was uh, that September. And so, you know, the window was open. So, you know, we basically needed to get the project rolling, get some momentum for the project while people were still seemed to be keen and interested, you know, in, in nickel at that time. So, you know, bef- you know we had, we had, a, the, you know, we had the, an agreement in place, but we hadn't completely locked it down at this point in time, but it's like, okay, let's start drilling. Cause we, you know, we know 
We need to start moving the ball forward while we get the rest of it in place. Um, so, you know, that was, you know, that's one thing I think we've tried to do, you know, all along is, is keep moving the ball down the field whenever you can, you know, when the opportunity's there, you know. So do you, th- do you think, because when you're in those situations and there's yeah. so much going on and you kind of get a little bit worn out and do you think you could have done a better deal in hindsight across the board? Oh, I mean, it, again, at the end of the day too, like to get, you know, you know, again, with my RNC days and now, you know, one thing. Um, you know, have been have, have actually been able to get a bunch of deals done. And, and the key thing with getting them done is you just have to, and again, you've you've had you've done a bunch of business deals, is you just, you know, there's there's you know, there's the price you'd like to pay and there's the price to get the deal done, you know. And and if you you can wait another six weeks to, you know, try and squeeze out, you know, in this case, we probably paid, you know, in terms of the new money coming in, probably paid, you know, valued the asset. We had to pay probably a third more than what it was worth, you know, at that point in time. But you know, at that point, it was six versus eight, you know, in what we saw as a, you know, what I saw as a billion dollar opportunity. So, you know, that that extra third, you know, was hopefully if everything worked out was going to be a rounding error and where we were going. And again, the key thing was, let's not waste another month trying to squeeze out a better deal here. Let's just get this thing going. Yeah. And obviously with hindsight, that's all that's kind of all worked out. But does that give some indication about how you come to deal making in terms of it's better to get things moving than worry about, you know, shaving costs around the edges. Oh, for sure. Because the, you know, again, you know, a lot of time with deals is there's moment, you know, there's a certain momentum and there's always things that you don't expect to, to bump into, you know, that you have to work through. And if you don't, you know, if those things pop up without any momentum in the deal, then it just stops. Right. So, um, you know, as much as possible, it's 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 good to be able to to keep that momentum going to, to to bump you know to get over some of those you know hurdle bumps, and 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 be able to you know to get there. I mean, the the thing for us was you know we could have waited till we had the deal totally you know definitive agreement signed right, and that what probably would have been the end of September, and then we could have waited until we had some visibility from the exchange in terms of when we're going to list publicly. Because again, we got raised a pile of money, and it was all it was private. It's like we're gonna we're gonna go public, and um, we just don't know exactly when. And at that time, we thought we'd be public at the beginning of December. You know, if we had waited until okay, you know, let's raise money once we're public. Well, it was it wasn't until the end of February, you know, before we ended up going public. And you know, because the the exchanges, you know, again, most TSX deals, you know, fall into a couple of sort of clean buckets in terms of it's an RTO of a single asset, you know, um, it's a spin out from an, an existing company of an asset, you know, into a new company, you know, there's sort of two or three buckets that cover off probably 90% of the transactions. We unfortunately <laughs> were, you know, were, you know, one of those 10% that weren't a standard transaction and to complicate it further, you had two public companies um, and, one non-public entity, you know, that was involved in this process, you know, and, you know, there are several, <laughs> several different dimensions of it that may, you know, the, the exchange, you know, as we're trying to get this thing listed, you know, their heads kind of explode, you know, more than once. So, um, you know, it, but again, because we had got going and, and we had that sort of whole, you know, you know, um, range of momentum behind us, we were able to work through it all. Um, you know, and, and we were able to still go public and still have a pile of momentum, you know, that we're able to carry through, you know, once we've gone public. And because they're looking at you so intently at the beginning, does that mean they kind of keep their eye on you? Or once it's dealt with that you, you, you're sort of out of sight, out of mind? I mean, was that hindered 
your ability to do business now or because of the success they're going do you know what they're good uh no i mean again at the you know to be honest yeah i mean there's a a huge amount of scrutiny as you first list and there's you know again scrutiny as you as you get going but then you know as you know there's there's a relationship that builds and and sort of uh okay they're not trying to, to to pull a fast one here that you know, you know, there's a relationship builds and, and, and things get easier as you move forward and you establish a track record that your, you know, your disclosure is, 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 is consistent with, you know, with the rules and so forth. So. Right. Okay. Now you've gone through that, pro- that sounds quite painful process because it always takes longer than you think you yeah. needed to have all the other variables in place. Just kind of the regular, just s- s- setting up a business requires you to go and find a whole bunch of stuff. People, yeah. yeah. You got the money nailed now, but you need yeah. you got the, and you've got the asset, but you need the right yeah. people. So who who on earth was going to be interested in a small startup nickel company in that environment? Yeah, no, we we were we were we were pretty fortunate. And again, that's part of the thing. You know, when when things are good, you know, nickel. You know, there's nickel has spent a lot of time when it's not good, and I <laughs> spent a lot of time going through it. So you know, that's part of you know. You know, again, trying to advance things. You know, while things are, you know, there's there's a light on 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 your metal. So, yeah, no, we were we were in great, really good fortune that you know, again, these the the, the you know these companies had been working in Timmins, and you know, Bill McRae is the guy on the ground there. You know, who who um, you know has got all the relationships locally in terms of drilling assays, you know, in those local people, and and again was able to pull a. You know, we had a very small couple person crew at the beginning. You know, as we started drilling, and then Steve Bolch, as I said, was a you know great geophysicist, and and you know was our VP exploration, and then we brought uh, Jesse on board to help out in terms of 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 the business development and help start that you get the various pieces of the business uh, together, and then Stephanie came aboard in terms of you know making sure everything got <laughs> you know got paid and, and cash came in and cash went out, um, so you know you start to put those elements together, and and again the, the nice thing is you know. It, you know, as you get more information about the deposit, you can say to people, okay, it's not just an idea. You know, the first four holes all came back, you know, as expected, right? And this thing is looking really big, you know, and great. So then, you know, I was able to go and start pulling people that I had worked with, pre, you know, who previously worked at RNC Minerals and had gone off to do different things and start to pull them back in, you know, and build the team out so that we could, you know, advance this project, you know, as much, you know, as much as possible and got some great help um you know from from a lot of the key people um you know john and all and michelle who were all involved with uh with dumont who you know who were able to provide us you know some key help uh you know at, at key milestones as we went along so one of the words i remember that you used was been used that a lot mm-hmm. at the beginning was we're going to do this in an accelerated time frame we're going to you know and, and believe you me mark i hear that all the time so I was an accelerated time frame. We're going to deliver. We're going to skip a few stages, and we'll we'll get to where we need to be. Um, how did you? Well, what did you think you had? What was your, what was the starting point for this accelerated plan? Because if you don't get the base right, you're going to fall over. Yeah, yeah. So I think the first key step is you know particularly for junior exploration companies is it's it was you know we knew it was going to be big. You know, and it was going to take a certain amount of drilling to do, um, and you only have so much cash. So it's it's there's the balance between what I call drilling for value, and drilling because it's geologically interesting. You know, if if you let geologists just go off and do what geologists want to do, they'll they'll do a lot more drilling that's you know geologically interesting meters. Um, 
but isn't necessarily going to help you build the value of the story at that point in time. So, you know, we very carefully set out the drilling to, you know, basically get the minimum we needed to be able to deliver the kind of resource, you know, that we wanted, you know, you know, which was by the end of February. I mean, from first drilling to 12th largest nickel sulfide resource was was six months, you know, and and on a six and a half million dollar budget, two million of which, you know, went was involved in in buying the asset to be able to take the royalty load on the property down to two percent. So, you know, you know, for four and a half million dollars from, you know, what was had really only had had four holes in it um, is, you know, is is a you know tremendous opportunity. And again, that the part I'm probably you know we're we're getting pretty close here to getting a PEA done. You know, again, in less than two years from you know first drilling. You know, some companies can you. And again, because I think people say, oh, some companies have done done things a lot quicker. But, you know, sometimes, yeah, you know, there's a lot of assets out there that have been maybe around the block two or three times. And so, you know, a new company is coming in, do a little bit of confirmatory drilling. There's 40,000 meters of historical drilling and, you know, you can or previous resource. And then it's relatively easy, you know, to get to get a PEA done. But this is a brand new greenfield project. So, you know, I'm really, really proud of the fact, you know, that our team is going to be able to get this done, you know, in well less than two years, um, you know, from a standing start, uh, you know, in September 2019. But you've got to get the balance right, haven't you, between appeasing the market and making the geologists happy. And we've talked multiple times in the past about companies that perhaps do headline drilling. And by that, I mean, they're looking for the headline of the news release. So they do small step outs. They drill where they know they're going to have success versus what's genuinely adding value to the the asset, the ore body itself. So how do you strike that balance between doing it right so I understand what you've got with a limited budget, early days? Well, you can't, early days, you can't afford to get things wrong. Because that right. kind of defines you, right? You've got to yep. be successful, but at the same time, with an accelerated timeline, you've you've got to understand the size of, of the opportunity in front of you. So how do you how do you strike that balance? Yeah, I think one is being really confident in terms of what you've got. So because um, again, if you're if you're not really confident about the size of the prize, you know what a lot of juniors will do. Okay, we just raised money. You know, we need to sort of pay our you know get generate enough news flow, pay ourselves for at least a couple of years out of this, this money raise. So we don't, you know, we don't, we want to go, we want to generate news, but not go too quickly. Right. Um, just in case we, you know, get to the end of it and we have, we don't really have anything there. So one is, you know, being really confident in terms of what you got that's there. And then two, you know, again, you know, we, we had our, we had our first financial model for the deposit six weeks in, you know, um, because again, we, there was enough information to start to scale it out. Again, there's lots of assumptions there. And again, because from our Dumont experience, we've got pretty good grasp on what's there. But it's okay. You know, <laughs> this is likely how deep this ore body, you know, will be able to mine this ore body. So let's, let's not really drill much beyond this because it's not going to, you know, end up being part of that first mine plan. We poked one hole way down and that was a promotional hole. And, but two, we just wanted... To understand, you know how deep this thing did go. You know, 900 meters of continuous mineralization is pretty good. Um, so, um, you know, we know it can go well below, you know, the resource that we have. But, but the rest of it was like, okay, this, you know, this, this is the cutoff, and that's as deep as we're going to drill, and we're not going to waste any meters below, below that side. You know, again, we we were able to confirm pretty early on that 
the geophysics and the drilling boundary did line up pretty closely. So again, geological boundaries are something the geologists would love to drill, you know, all day long. But okay, we've got enough information to confirm those boundaries, you know, are where they are from the geophysics. Well, once we get to pre-feasibility, we do the next raise, then we'll spend more time, you know, more clearly defining those geological boundaries. But in terms of getting the resource done, initial resource done, you know, let's let's you know stay on the inside and keep those meters, you know, focused on the highest part. And then, you know, again, one thing, as I said, you know, multiple times about this deposit is this higher grade core. You know, it would be really easy for these structures to just drill lots of 0.2 and 0.25% nickel. Um, but, you know, it, it, at this point in time, that's not really going to add value in what's going to build the plant 0.3 to 0.35. So again, in terms of meters, let's focus as many meters as possible on, on, on best defining and expanding as much as possible that higher grade core. So, you know, those, those were the things that really drove our, our thought process in terms of, you know, getting, getting the, the drilling going. But what you've also described there to me yeah. is the things that you decided not to do, which is often as important as the things you decide to do, right? So there's yeah. the things which yeah. you then report on, but in the background where we're probably not aware of as part of the thinking is you guys going, well, I'd love to do X, Y, and Z, but it just doesn't make sense now. So yeah. are those sort of difficult conversations internally or is everyone tuned into accelerated timeframe? No, I mean, I think our, our team is, is all pretty tuned into uh, accelerated, but uh, again, there were some pretty healthy debates around some of those things, you know, because again, it's the step, you know, how do you know, again, in, in a lot of technical fields, people, you know, by definition, like to have more data than less data. So, you know, it's the being able to make the call that, yeah, this is just, this is good enough. Um, you know, and, and our team, you know, had some pretty hard conversations a few times, but again, as we were able to, you know, get comfortable that we were making the right calls, you know, that good enough had worked out, you know, enough times, then, then we were able to, um, you know, to move forward. And then those discussions become a lot easier the next time we have to make one. So do you think that you've done anything differently from other junior miners or is this down to luck? Is it down to timing? Which, what have you been in control of that you think, do you know what? We've done this the right way. We've done it. We've, we've, done, we've been different. We've been, we've been aggressive. We're going after this aggressive timeline. But we've we've thought about it the right way. You, you're saying that, okay, you know, I'm really pleased about the, that process. Oh no, I I think you know if you look at other companies, they've raised. There's companies in in the nickel space in the last five years who've raised double or triple the amount of money that we have. Um, you know, and may have put out one resource update or no resource, not even a resource at this point. Um, so you know, the fact that we took you know, uh, you know, basically you know we, we the total of We've raised a total of about 25, you know, 25 million Canadian. We still have a third of that in the bank, um, you know, and, and so with, you know, just over $16 million, we've delivered, um, you know, what is the eighth largest resource in the world already. And we're, you know, coming very close to the initial PEA and a feasibility, uh, you know, feasibility study, you know, by the end of this year. So, um, you know, I think we're, you know, if you look at the pace of other sulfide discoveries, you know, we've been able to move very quickly. And again, one of the benefits of these large low grade deposits is, you know, again, it allows you to be productive. That's why I get excited about them is, is 
when you've got a narrower high grade vein, yes, you get sexy core um, that, you know, gets everybody excited. But, you know, the, you know, when we drill a 500 meter hole, you know, as I said before, you know, we get 460 meters of assays once it's through the soil for the most part. You know, a lot of people are drilling 500 meter holes to hit a high grade vein that's 400 meters deep, you know, and they get 10 meters of assays out of a 500 meter hole. So, you know, it, it, it costs a lot, lot more money to be able to define an equivalent amount of nickel tons. So, you know, these deposits allow you to be productive and we've tried to be as productive as possible with, you know, with the dollars that we've got. Okay. Yeah. And I think people are I'm trying, well, I think, I mean, you, you didn't, you didn't tip your hat towards the fact that the price has gone through the roof and you didn't sort of tip your hat towards the fact that the battery thematic is really catching on fire. Well, I better not use that phrase. Uh, it's, it, yeah, people it's people are very interested <laughs> in the non-flammable battery th- thematic yes. uh, at the moment. Yes. Oh, no. I mean, and that's the part that's, you know, again, you know, you know, we, we've been really lucky that, you know, the market, you know, has completely moved our way uh, during, during the 16 month month time frame. So, um, you know, that that's helping. That's something you always have to keep in mind is, you you know, again, we started out. It's like, OK, we need to move aggressively while the light is shining on nickel because, you know, you, you just never know when it might turn into a, you know, a down period for you know 12 months. You know, we are lucky with COVID looked, you know, uh, pretty menacing there. But, you know, the material sector is one sector that that's, you know, after a very short, sharp downturn, um, you know, it's rebounded. You know, it's rebounded, you know, very quickly. And, and again, with copper above four dollars and, you know, nickel, nickel, almost nine dollars a pound. You know, it, it's it's been been a good place to be. And so, you know, that, you know, that's you know where we where we've got to has turned out to be the right decision. If, if things hadn't, you know, if things completely went off a cliff in the other direction, let's say, you know, we went into a, a you know, a massive recession and central banks hadn't, you know, turned on the, the floodgates and, the, and China didn't turn to stimulus to be able to do it. Yeah, then we would have had to make a decision to say, OK, you know, the market's not there. It doesn't make, you know, how much does it make sense to spend capital right now until, you know, we've got some visibility on, in terms of when the market's going to come back. But, you know, fortunately, we didn't have to make that make that call. Did it? Did it? Appreciate that you you have to you have to keep motoring. As so the question is, you know, how quickly do you get motoring? And yeah, and and it's quite clear what your what your um, decision was. But with regards, did it cost you anything more? Did it take more time than it could? Would you be further ahead today? Oh, we would have. I I mean, you know, I, I think the two things that probably impacted us most was more of the the biggest one was actually the the regulatory delay in terms of getting listed. You know, because we had expected to be listed in December, you know, we had laid out a whole series of, of new, you know, of work that would generate good news flow post, you know, post that listing. And we were expecting, you know, probably to raise money in February after two or three months of, of, of good news flow, um, you know, and a resource, you know, you know, on the horizon. In, in that case, you know, <laughs> all that news that we had to, you know, we went public and then the next day we put out a resource and a whole pile of, you know, two months worth of news flow. And then it was a week later, you know, that, that COVID hit, um, you know, and two weeks later, most of the world had shut down. So, um, you know, so not again, having that momentum in the public share price, we had the momentum in the project, but we didn't have any of that public momentum. And, and you know, we came out of the gate and, and went sideways for a little bit. But, you know, again, with, you know, with help from, um, you know, at that time, PI and Haywood and some 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 support from the existing shareholders, we were able to raise the next tranche of money to be able to keep 
moving the project forward. And then we, you know, we came back, uh, you know, the market came back pretty quickly and we were able to move forward. But, you know, that, that, you know, loss of three months worth of momentum sort of, you know, probably, you know, um, we ended up having to do a, a capital raise, you know, at probably half the price that we were expecting to be able to do that capital raise if, you know, back from back in September. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So there's my headline. You've written my headline for me. TSX more yeah. costly than COVID. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, we, <laughs> we, I didn't say that. I know. I know. I did. Uh, just in terms of, obviously, you, you, you put, it was a very sort of difficult time for lots of people. But in, in the industry, as you say, there was, there was a real momentum uh, in the commodity space, uh, especially with battery metals. Um, but nevertheless, you're still having to deal with sort of things changing on a daily basis. It wasn't all positive during that period. So how, how do you kind of keep the course? Would you feel that you had to be a bit more agile than that and adapt to certain situations? Oh, again, in, in that capital raise, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, a, you know, <laughs> it was, again, you know, we had expected, you know, in, in September, you know, Jan, you know, January, February, we were doing this capital raise after two months of great news flow. And, you know, we would be doing the next raise at probably, you know, triple or quadruple the price that we initially went public at, or we did the initial private financing at. Um, and, but again, you know, the market is where it is. You know, you need the money to be able to keep moving forward. And, you know, so you end up issuing a few, you know, issuing more shares than you'd like, you know, but that's what you need to keep, you know, to, to raise the capital and keep the, the project moving. And again, you know, the, you know, as the year went on, the EV thematic, you know, and sort of that midterm nickel story was, you know, becoming more, you know, clearer and clearer in focus. So, you know, it did make sense to keep pushing as hard as possible you know, because the size of the prize is, you know, getting a project ready to be getting a project ready for what we think is going to be a nickel super cycle, again, coming in the middle part of this decade. So, you know, so it was worth probably a little, you know, a little extra dilution to get the money to keep the project momentum going at that point. I mean, this, this, this is a sort of awkward one uh, in the sense that mm -hmm. you were RNC, it was a different different marketplace back then, yeah. right? Yeah. And you had a lot of retail uh, investors with a view as to how you should run a company. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you've got a, this environment, which is a much more positive environment in terms of for obviously battery metals specifically, yeah. and it's fairly young. And there weren't too many retail in the story uh, initially. They're very different in, in environments um, for you. Is that... Does that make your life a lot easier? So, you know, when you're winning, everyone wants to follow you. You, you want to you want, you want yeah. be associated with winners, right? So I think yeah. you can probably yeah. put yourself in that camp now. The conversations that you're having now with retail are different. Does that take a bit of pressure off you? Do you feel that you're able to make better decisions or able to just get on and do your job? Because we see this with a lot of companies where perhaps things aren't going quite as well as the, the, the some investors hope and you have you there's a lot of pressure it's a heck of a lot of pressure yeah. i mean how yeah how do, how, do, how do you kind of look back and, and and look forward yeah so i think you know i think one of the benefits of moving aggressively you know is you know again stuff happens and so sometimes things might take again we haven't hit you know bluntly speaking we haven't hit all our milestones as we've gone along stuff has taken a couple months longer than we've expected at, at various points 
But again, relative to sort of an average benchmark, you know, that's still several months earlier than where most companies get to. So again, if you if you push aggressively, you give yourself some cushion for those oops, you know, that happen all, along along the way, you know, as opposed to, you know, if you're sort of going along typically and you're a few months late, then you know, you you can, you know, draw it's a lot more easier to be more aggressively criticized that things are taking quote way longer than they're supposed to be. So, you know, so, you know, I think, you know, that, you know, in, in terms of our aggressive timeline has been helpful, you know, I think too, you just have to, yeah, again, we will hit stumbles at some point, you never know where they're going to come from. Um, but I, I think the other part is, you know, we've tried to be as transparent as possible in terms of, you know, as many milestones as, as, as possible. Uh, again, it would be easy for me to not talk about, you know, feasibility study by year end, and you know it'll happen when it happens. Um, but um, you know, again, I think you know keeping those lines of communication open as much as possible so that you don't surprise people, um, you know, is 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 also is also very helpful. So you know, so those two things have helped you know build up some goodwill. As I said, you know, we'll probably hit some stumbles you know along the way that we may have to make some withdrawals from the Goodwill Bank, but we'll, you know, try try and make as many deposits as possible there as we move forward. Right. Okay. I, I kind of sort of see some CEOs really struggle. But I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying when I interview, yeah. and I've interviewed quite a few now, you see them struggling in, at, at moments because they're trying to please everyone all of the time. I suppose having the confidence in their own ability to move forward. And I think it's, it is, an extra, I mean, I wouldn't be a CEO for love and money, of a mining company because it's extraordinarily tough when you've got thousands of people who can do the job better than you. Oh, oh no, no. I mean, that, that the experience with RNC, I mean, to be honest, I mean, when we, when we made the Father's Day fame discovery and we had that, I mean, we had a massive number of retail investors, you know, you know, come, come to the fore there. And yeah, again, there is no shortage of opinions that were shared, you know, on a daily basis. Um, you know, in terms of what we should or shouldn't be doing. And, you know, again, I think having that experience of, okay, yeah, there's, you, there's, there is, there's, there are zero answers that will please everybody. So um, you just have to make what you think is the best decision at that time with the information that you have and, and uh, you know, and move forward. So. Okay. Well, like I said, um, been a great year, great 12 months, should I say. It's been a great 12 months. You've obviously made a lot of the right decisions and um, put the right moving parts in place to enable you to do that. You got to keep going though. Okay. You, you, yep. Mark, you may be 14 to 18 times up on your share price, but yep. you got to keep going. You got to keep going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yep. 2021, it started. Um, next up is things like PEA. You've got a feasibility study, but yep. then you've set yourself some pretty tough uh, goals. So, are you going to be able to deliver on those? Have you reassessed as a result of COVID still being around? Yeah, no, I mean, COVID obviously slows things down, but no, I, you know, I think, you know, we were are largely on track to be able to, to meet those goals. And so, you know, the, the key thing here is, you know, we're going to unlock, uh, you know, a huge amount of, of value at Cropper. Again, we could have waited to do the PEA until the resource was twice as large. We already had 900 million tons of resource to get coined with. So, you know, you can start to put, very large mills around even just that scale resource. Again, the numbers will get even better, you know, when, you know, because I expect a very substantial increase in that resource given the drilling we've been doing since since the last resource came out. And um, when we go to the to the um, 
uh, feasibility study. So, you know, we'll have a lot of de-risking around the project itself. You know, we've got the five option properties that we've talked about, you know, that the geophysics worked out great. We had the news release a few weeks ago on McDermott, you know, that looks like a really, really good target. So, you know, again, my goal is, yeah, how do I, how do I take this up? You know, I don't know if I can do another 14X from here, but, you know, and, you know, to get another three to four X from here. And again, it's unlocking that expiration potential in a way, you know, that makes, makes sense uh, for shareholders. You know, it's corporate initiatives like, you know, being able to, to, to have discussions with Glencore, you know, and, and engage in a, in a very constructive way, uh, given past relationships, you know, that again, will add a huge amount of value to the project because we can get going for closer to a hundred million dollars than, you know, the billion dollar price tag that most projects, you know, of this size um, have. So, you know, by pushing on those multiple fronts, you know, I'm, you know, hoping to see another, you know, something X increase in the share price as, as the year goes on, you know, particularly if nickel, you know, keeps the winds keep blowing um, in the right direction. And again, one of the things that makes it easy to make the right decisions is, you know, when, you know, when CEOs and when management teams have a large amount of equity in the company, you know, we, you know, we just announced, you know, we had our equity plans, <laughs> they're all priced at 360 a share, um, you know, and so again, we intend to be able to make a lot of money on the options and RSUs that we got at 360 because, you know, we still see, you know, a huge amount of, of value to go here. And, and again, it's, it's, it's easy, much easier to make decisions that are make more, you know, again, you can't please every single shareholder, but it's easier to, you know, please the majority of shareholders if your interests are, are, you know, as closely aligned as, as possible with them. And that's, that's what we, you know, we've tried to do with our team. And again, I think something that's much different than a lot of other, you know, junior mining companies. So you think for the PEA, because that, that's, that's, that's due quite soon. Um, yeah. Have you done as much work as you need to on that? Do you, th- I mean, is it just polishing again or, um, are you looking because every day brings up new information, right? So th- things yeah. change, and I know you know we've talked in the past with regards to obviously the Glencore deal that kind of delayed things, but for all the right reasons, a sig- you know, it's a significant yeah. opportunity yeah. for you guys. I mean, are you seeing new data each day, which perhaps pushing things out, going to delay things, or are you still aiming for that? Oh yeah, I mean, delivery? We're, yeah, we're pushing as hard as we can, but at the same time, and again, once we publish a set of numbers, you know, you kind of have to live with those numbers, you know, until you publish the next set of numbers, which is not going to come for at least another, you know, nine months or so afterwards. So, you know, and the thing is when you have a, you know, a billion tons of material that you're going to, you know, uh, you know, 15 cents is a hundred million dollars of, of value. So, you know, again, we can, you know, sweat, you know, we'll, you know, we're not going to sweat the pennies at this point because, you know, again, there's still a, a bunch of upside, but, you know, if something came up that was, you know, 50 cents or a dollar worth, worth of value, you know, that, you know, or five or 10% more throughput or something like that, you know, those are the kind of things that, yeah, you'd like, okay, maybe we'll, we'll wait a little longer and, and make sure we get those incorporated in, into the, uh, you know, into the PEA before we come forth with the numbers. Right. Okay. Yeah, like, but you use up a few of those uh, brownie points that you've you've earned across the across the year, I suspect. Um, well, look, Mark, I'm, I'm I'm really excited for what you guys are going to do this year because it's been a nice for us. We, we keep coming back and having these conversations. It's been an amazing case study of how it can work if you lay it out right. If you get all the moving parts. Yeah. I mean, I will say, you know, obviously the market's definitely worked in your favor for sure. But there's a whole bunch of yeah. stuff that if you don't do it right. It doesn't matter what the market's doing, you're going to fall over. So um, and I appreciate your time consistently and also helping us understand the nickel market because it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting place. Fascinating. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, no, nickel as a commodity is something, again, you know, educating investors about nickel who are way more familiar with copper, silver, and gold. It's been, been, a, been a key piece of this. So, no, thanks for your help with that as well. Appreciate it. Mark, okay, well, uh, happy birthday. Are you, is there a cake? I, I should have got a cake. Where's my cake? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gluten-free, so I don't uh, – <laughs> I'm trying to be a little part too, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Some uh, co- coconut ice cream. There you go. Coconut okay, ice cream thanks. with a candle in it. Okay. Well, Mark, uh, enjoy the rest of the day. We'll catch up with you soon, I hope. Uh, and uh, congratulations. All right. Thanks, Matthew. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.